Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes every single little part of Star Wars is great. From a certain point of view, I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me, as always, is a small drink of whiskey, just enough to get through the hard parts of counseling and break through to the catharsis, the freedom, 
the joy. We are recording live to tape, so as always, you might hear an um, you might hear an ah, you might hear me take a sip of whiskey. This is a special episode of Star Wars Counseling in that it is all evil all the time. We got two great grievances, and they both focus on the dark side. Well, I guess all of our episodes kind of focus on the dark side because they're the things that we're upset with, and then we come through to the light. So let's see if we can get through these dark side topics to the light. Our first grievance is so minty fresh. The film that has caused this offense has not even been released. This is a grievance based on trailers alone. In fact, a one-second shot, I believe, in the trailer for The Last Jedi. But it is prime grievance material. It is something that has been sent in by more than one person, caused grief by this particular issue. I got a message on Twitter from someone whose handle I really like, I really relate to, at Cheddarball01. I relate to the cheese part for sure. At Cheddarball01 says, I need some counseling regarding Kylo's scar change. Please help me. That's right, we are talking Kylo Ren's amazing moving scar. I also got a message from Jared Scott at Y underscore A underscore OK. And Jared Scott said, please address why Ryan Johnson moved Kylo's scar for episode 8. It has annoyed me, and I need some Star Wars counseling. Well, I am here for you. I am here for all of the people who paused that moment in the trailer and said, what? Wait, I'm here for myself, because this one bothers me a little bit. This is also a very important, very special Star Wars grievance, because it's one of those grievances that makes it clear that Star Wars counseling is about our feelings. Sometimes we get into, like, what's the actual answer to this Star Wars question in canon? Or what is the mysterious reason why this choice was made? But more often than not, it's just trying to make us feel better about weird things from that galaxy far, far away. So this particular question, we have an answer. We know exactly why Kylo Ren's scar moved. Because the director, the writer, Ryan Johnson, responded to this himself on Twitter. And he said that he moved the scar because it looked dumb. Where Ray actually cut Kylo was pretty much straight across the top of his nose, or at least the scar would sort of uh, lead up from the top of his nose, and Ryan thought it looked cooler to shift it over so it was more towards the middle-ish of his eyebrow. So thank you for listening. That has been Star Wars Counseling. No, see, the idea for me is that it is about our feelings, not about the facts. So we know why Ryan Johnson moved the scar. And it's a pretty valid reason, so it looked cool. Star Wars is many things, but one of those things is for sure about looking cool. So for counseling, we are going to dive into, are there some canon reasons that it could have moved? Because we know the real world reason from Ryan Johnson. We're going to dive into what's going to make us feel better. So that when we're sitting in the theater, staring up at that big silver screen and shimmering on it, our images and sounds that make up The Last Jedi, we are not annoyed by Kylo Ren's magical moving scar. Now, listeners, I went deep for you. I went to a place, a dark place, that I do not normally visit during the hours of day when the sun is actually out. No person should visit this site unless it's the middle of the night and they're full of paranoia. I went to WebMD, and it turns out here in our actual real world, yes, scars can move. That's right. I went to WebMD and Googled, 
can scars move for a Star Wars podcast? And it got the answer that yes, uh, through aging, depending on the kind of scar it is, it looks like what Kylo's scar would be, according to WebMD, so I know it's accurate, it would be a contracture scar. These types of scars often happen with burns and end up pulling the skin in towards the site of the injury. This can make the skin look puckered around the wound. Well, screw you, real world. That doesn't help us at all. So I went to the real world. It was unhelpful. So let's retreat into fantasy. The first obvious option in canon is, of course, Bakta. Did Kylo get off of Starkiller base, helped by General Hux and probably Captain Phasma, and was the first thing that he did is stick his head in a big old bucket of Bakta? Maybe. We know that Bakta works in mysterious ways. In theory, it healed all of Luke's Wampa face scars in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, We know now from Rogue One that uh, Vader spent a lot of time chilling in his Bakta tank, but it obviously didn't clear up all of his vicious burn wounds, his contracture scars. But like many things in Star Wars, Bakta is still a little mysterious. So we don't know the exact properties of Bakta healing, so maybe it's as simple as this. Maybe the Bakta, in its attempt to heal, moved the scar a little bit. Maybe the scar is so bad that the Bakta can't heal it all the way, but the Bakta has the instinct to move it over just a little bit so it looks cooler. That is a possibility, and if that makes you feel better, I am thrilled. Another Bakta option is that by Kylo floating his head in that tank, it worked. It was entirely successful. He entirely 100% removed the scar inflicted upon him by Ray. And then, because he wanted a scar, cut himself in a cooler place. Maybe that is a self-inflicted wound on Kylo's head. Maybe he was even trying to get it more above the eyebrow to look like his grandfather Anakin before he fell to the dark side and became Lord Vader. So a couple of Bakta options there. There's also the possibility that Kylo moved it in a different way. One of the things that I like about Star Wars is that force powers are not entirely clear. We're going to talk about that more later this episode. But maybe this was a strange new use of the dark side of the force in The Force Awakens. We certainly see Kylo do some new things. We see him freeze a blaster bolt. We see the unnatural way he stops uh, Rey from moving and kind of moves her arm backwards. Maybe this is an unnatural dark side power that you can use the force to actually physically move a scar around on your body. Now that one is almost works for me. It is almost cool that you could physically move a scar from your body that you could like cut yourself on your chest and then you could move it up all the way to your forehead. You could get it right above your eye. You can basically play Photoshop on yourself and try the scar in different cool places until you're happy with it. That is both dumb and awesome in the exact sweet spot that I personally like of the dumb, awesome matrix that is Star Wars. And now if, if Kylo could move it, he could be uh, paying homage to his grandfather with the placement of the scar itself, but he could also be paying homage to his grandfather's arm being cut off in the inaccuracy of where the arm was cut off. It is pretty clearly cut off above the elbow by Lord Tyrannus, Count Dooku, in Attack of the Clones. And then when we see Anakin all topless and worried about life in Revenge of the Sith, 
he's got an elbow? So maybe, through Holovid's old Anakin holocrons that he recorded about his arm injury, Kylo found out that my grandfather had an inaccurate injury. I want one too. So, so far we've got uh, weird Bakta effects. We have dark side powers of physically moving a scar around your body. Now, in that same vein of scar movement, maybe it is a trait of people with Corellian blood. We know that Han Solo is Corellian. Now, all the humans in Star Wars, we just kind of assume that they're all the same. But we don't really know for sure. Just because they're human, we don't know that a person who is from Corellia, who has been there, their, their people have been there for centuries, they are from Corellia, is that a different actual physiology from someone who has grown up for years and years and years on Alderaan, whose family goes back centuries on Alderaan, are they the exact same DNA? We don't know. So I propose that this is a Corellian trait, that we know Han Solo, Kylo's father, has a scar on his chin. Did it start there? Was it always at that cool, rakish angle? Or is this a trait of Corellians that scars wander just a bit? And did Han Solo pass that on to his son, Kylo Ren? So we've got Bakta weirdness. We have dark side powers. We have a Corellian trait. I honestly think that the Bakta is probably the best in terms of just making it make sense to you on an emotional level. The dark side one is fun for me, but I like imagining strange, fanciful things. I think the important thing is, to me, about the scar and why I was delighted that they made it clear that Kylo Ren got a scar is that scars are never just physical in Star Wars. Scars are a sign of emotional damage. It was one of the things I loved about the reveal of Kylo Ren, that he was somebody who is struggling with the light side. He wants to be dark, but he hasn't had the truly traumatic things happen to him that we're aware of that have shaped other dark side users. People make fun of him, and I I like to make hot topic jokes, and I do think that is a a funny element of his character that he has portrayed is petulant and angry, but I also think that is what makes his character really powerful and really interesting and really different. And the fact that he wears a mask, a mask that in theory should be there to cover something, and then when the mask gets taken off, there's no scar He's wearing the mask because he is wearing something that doesn't quite make sense to him, something he maybe hasn't quite earned through his life experiences. And that scar across his face, sure, he's angry that Ray beat him, I'm sure, but in a way he has to be happy for that scar because it is bringing him closer to what he wants to be. He wants to be damaged. He wants to be a powerful dark side user with all that that entails. So I guess what I'm getting at is because there are so many ideas surrounding scars that they have such importance in the Star Wars galaxy and the story of Star Wars that no matter where the scar on Kylo's face ends up, no matter how it got there, it does not change where the scar lies in his soul. So I hope any of those ideas help you guys uh, who are bothered by this feel a little bit better. And if not, you know what? We have years to talk about this grievance. We have months before the movie even comes out, and then we get to wrestle with the movie for quite a while afterwards. And I am looking forward to wrestling with The Last Jedi. I know what I said. Onward to grievance number two, our next 
evil grievance is about those old yellow eyes. Listener Otto Cobbler has many feelings, concerns, thoughts, and questions about yellow Sith eyes. So here we go. Otto writes, how do yellow Sith eyes work? Can they get turned off and on and so Sidious doesn't have them when he's merely palpatine? Are they a sign so that when your eyes are yellow and you're especially strong in the dark side at this particular moment? But when then Anakin's eyes change color when he turns, why are Anakin Vader's eyes not blue when he has a tender, almost light side moment with Ahsoka in Star Wars Rebels. Why are Asajj's, Dooku's, in Kylo's eyes normal, even though Dooku is dark side enough to use force lightning? Are they never in a place dark enough so that their eyes would be yellow, even though Kylo killed his own father? Those are all great, fascinating, well-thought-out questions, Otto, and I'm going to try to address as many of them as possible, but I want to just kind of step back and talk about yellow eyes. I think yellow eyes are not just a symbol of the dark side, but rather a specific reaction to a part of the dark side, which is hate. I think those yellow eyes are hate eyes. So as we know, there are a lot of emotions that go into the dark side. There's fear, there's passion, there's greed. Maybe we've never seen it in Star Wars, but maybe your eyes turn different colors based on those. Green for greed, that's a little on the nose. Uh, Bright mm, purple for passion, maybe? Mm? Who knows? The point is, I think that when you break it down, almost every time you see the yellow eyes, they are on somebody who is angry actively angry, and is skilled at the specific Sith dark side task goal of focused anger, of focusing your anger so you can use it. Not just being wild, tantrum, temper tantrum angry, but of focused anger. So I think even if you are an incredibly skilled force user, or even if you are a skilled dark side user who has mastered certain things of the dark side, you don't necessarily have that focused hate to make those eyes pop yellow like you have the most evil contacts ever. So that's my general theory on yellow eyes, but let's talk about it character by character because Otto brings up quite a few of our dark side favorites. Let's start with big poppy evil Darth Sidious Sheev Palpatine. Now, I like the idea that Palpatine is able to mask his true self from the Jedi. It's sort of something we have to accept, that that is a Force ability that he has. That is something that's discussed quite extensively in the Darth Plagueis novel, which is, of course, not canon now. But, as Pablo Hidalgo says, something being canon is just that we haven't said it's true Yet. So I think a lot of those things in the Darth Plagueis novel could come creeping back into canon whenever it's appropriate to tell that part of the story again. So I think to answer your specific question, Otto, I think, yes, Palpatine is absolutely hiding his true self from the Jedi, and that includes hiding the old yellow eyes. There's also that great part of Revenge of the Sith, nice and ambiguous, and I like things ambiguous sometimes, where uh, Palpatine is blasting. Mace Windu with Force Lightning. Mace Windu is blocking it, reflecting it, and it is ambiguous how much Palpatine is being charred, being cooked by his own Force Lightning, which is the Star Wars version of being hoisted on your own petard, being cooked by your own Force Lightning. It's ambiguous how much of that is uh, damage from the Lightning, and how much is this uh, gross 
Repulsive, uh, bubbling, wrinkled, pasty flesh, the yellow eyes, the darkened teeth. How much of that is lightning damage and how much of that is just the true face of Palpatine? He's got that great line in there. It's quiet, but he says, I can't can't hold it any longer. It's really uh, quite entertaining. It almost sounds like a small child who needs to urinate at a county fair. He cannot hold it any longer. I have always interpreted that personally. I like the idea that, yeah, maybe there's some damage from the lightning, but this is his true face, and he can't hold it in any longer. To me, that's a cool idea. And then when, of course, he has his famous line, his shouted words, unlimited power, he destroys Mace Windu, and then what happens? His head claps his back, and he says, ah, there's relief. Sure, it's relief that his plan is finally coming together, but that is the sound of someone who could not hold it any longer and got to let it go and then says, ah, if you heard the exact sound that Darth Sidious makes in that moment in a urinal next to you, you would say, that makes sense. It is a sound of letting go. All of which is to say that, yes, I think he's got yellow eyes because he is a master of focused hate. He is clearly an incredibly hateful being, but he's very focused and meticulous in his plan. So focused hate, yellow eyes, all the time, Palpatine's got it down. That brings us, of course, to Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Now, here, I think, is where yellow eyes really become a big old thing because they change a lot with Anakin. Palpatine explicitly tells him that he needs to slaughter the Jedi in the temple to become powerful enough in the dark side in order to save Padme to unlock all those unnatural secrets. It requires a lot of dark side power. So after he kills, after he focuses all that rage that he's always felt, but now he focuses it into an actual task. We see the yellow eyes. We see the yellow eyes even when there still is some sadness and doubt about his actions. Then, of course, we see the yellow eyes again in Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan Kenobi cuts his limbs off and he's burning alive. I think if that happened to me, my eyes would go yellow, and I'm not really a dark side guy. And then Otto brings up the really interesting shot in Star Wars Rebels. We have the showdown between Ahsoka and Vader. Ahsoka cuts open part of Vader's mask, and we see Anakin's eye, and it is burning yellow, even though we do hear the mixture of Anakin's real voice and the metallic voice of Darth Vader, and even though his voice sounds a little softer. He doesn't call her Apprentice. He doesn't call her Jedi. He calls her... Ahsoka. So I think Otto is right that that is a moment of as tender as Vader gets. But I think even with that little bit of tenderness, I like the character truth that he does not let go of his hate. Vader consistently talks about Anakin like he was a different entity, a different person. He says in that very Star Wars Rebels episode, Anakin was weak, so I killed him. And I think the thing that makes Vader Vader is that he is focused hate that Anakin was a fool because he believed the Jedi, and that the Jedi said, no, hate all of these emotions, don't use these emotions. He has decided that that is foolish and wrong, and he has used his hate to remain powerful. This gets talked about a lot in the Lords of the Sith novel, which is great, really defining great character stuff for Vader. And I think even though there's maybe a tiny moment of tenderness or 
doubt. I don't even think there's doubt. I think it's almost more just facing the truth of seeing Ahsoka, someone so connected to his identity as Anakin, that there's a, a little bit of some other emotion in there, but never enough to override his focus on his hate so the eyes don't change, they stay yellow. Now let's talk about Dooku, my favorite talk show in the Star Wars galaxy. Let's talk about Dooku. Now his eyes do go yellowish, reddish, I think, in a few Clone Wars episodes. It's been a while since I have rewatched all the Clone Wars, but I think there are a couple moments where he does do a little bit of yellow eyes. But in the movies, his eyes never go dark, even when he's shooting lightning. Here's the fascinating thing to me about Dooku is we still don't know a lot about Count Dooku. There's a lot we don't know about Darth Tyrannus. And I think this gets to what I was talking about earlier, that there are a lot of ways to use the dark side, a lot of different powers to the dark side. And it seems like maybe Dooku has mastered some of them, but not all of them. Maybe he hasn't mastered the art of being both full of hate and having it incredibly focused at the same time. What we do know about Dooku is that he was a political player who truly believed that the Republic was flawed and that needed to be reshaped, and that being Sith was the right move. That's not super passionate. So maybe you can master things like Force Lightning with training, but maybe Yellow Eyes, maybe Yellow Eyes is about the hate. Maybe Dooku is like somebody who can technically play the guitar well, but there's no passion to it. He knows all the notes, but you're not going to hear the music. Because again, we know his rational political beliefs. We know his motivations in the big galactic sense. We don't know his personal motivation. We know a lot about Anakin's motivations, but we don't know Dooku's personal motivations. Who is Dooku mad at? What keeps Tyrannus up at night pissed off so his eyes can go full yellow. What did Yoda do that pissed off Dooku? Is it that Yoda would not explain his species even to Dooku? Did Dooku go, hey, Yaddle, what's that about? And Yoda was just like, "Mm, none of your business it is. Is that what happened? Why is Dooku angry? What hate can fuel him up to get them eyes full yellow? We don't know Part of the reason I want my Dooku book that I've pitched on Force Center. Moving along to other characters, we have Asajj Ventress. And there's definitely, in the Clone Wars, there's some business that goes on with her eyes. But I don't think she's ever full yellow. And that might make sense because she is Dooku's apprentice or trainee. Not technically apprentice, maybe. Maybe Dooku was eventually going to try to overthrow Sidious with uh, Asajj Ventress on his side. But when Sidious said, get rid of her, he didn't fight too hard. So maybe he never uh, taught her whatever specific dark art of the Sith that causes yellow eyes because he didn't want to pass that on, or more importantly, maybe he had not mastered it yet himself. So we've got some people who are great at yellow eyes, like Darth uh, Sidious. We've got some people who are pretty consistent at yellow eyes, like Darth Vader. We have somebody who's really pretty crap at yellow eyes, uh, Darth Tyrannus. And then we have Asajj, who is not even trying, it seems like. Her heart's not in the game, I guess, when it comes to Yellow Eyes. Now we have somebody who kills it at Yellow Eyes. Darth Maul, never a flicker of not yellow. And that is because Darth Maul is a being of pure hate. He has got his hate down. He has got his focus down. He's just good at being angry. If you gave Darth Maul a puppy and chocolate cake, he would find a way to be angry about it. 
He is allergic to puppies, and chocolate makes him break out. He hates everything. If you compliment him on how good he is at hating, he would hate that. He is focused hate, so he is great at having yellow eyes. Savage Opress, also good at having yellow eyes. You would always be full of focused rage if your name was Savage Opress. That's what I believe. And finally, back to where this episode began, Kylo Ren. Kylo, no yellow eyes, moving scar, Ren. I like the idea that this shows his failure. Now, two thoughts on Kylo Ren. Maybe yellow eyes are a Sith thing and not a dark side of the force thing, because we really don't know what's going on with Snoke's eyes at this point. They appear black, uh, but he's not particularly colorful in hologram form, so, you know, who knows? Maybe he's wearing contacts. We don't know anything about Snoke's eyes. A mystery to be discovered. But Kylo's story does tie back to Anakin's story in Revenge of the Sith, where he is being asked to kill, and to kill someone who is close to him for the explicit purpose of becoming more drenched in the dark side. So in theory, his eyes should have gone yellow if he was successful. Now, he was successful in killing his father, Han Solo, but we don't know if that necessarily makes him successful in focusing his hate or whatever other dark side ability or truth he was trying to unlock. So to me, it seems like he failed, and that only makes his story more interesting to me as I was going on about uh, before in our scar grievance portion. I think it's also a little bit supported in what happens in The Force Awakens because uh, as I've been saying, I see the yellow eyes as not just hate, but focused hate. Hate you can control, hate you can use. And I think one of the many reasons that Kylo Ren is not as impressive as he should be in the forests of Starkiller Base when he is fighting both Finn and Rey is that he did not succeed in being focused in his rage. So he killed his father. He was very conflicted in it. He didn't immediately feel more powerful. Instead, he just got shot in the gut by Chewbacca. So he is in pain. He is in rage. He is stumbling. I love that shot. Uh, we talk about it a lot on Force Center when he pumps himself in the wound. He punches his own wound as if to stir up pain. And it's like he has all of the pain. He has the hate. He has the rage. But he can't focus it. He is failing at being a dark side user. So that's a breakdown of the characters and their various yellow eyes and how well they do or don't fit the theory of uh, focused hate. But I also just like the big picture idea that the dark side presents itself in different ways. And maybe the yellow eyes are a specific kind of connection with the dark side. Maybe lots of other things happen to your body that we can't see. Maybe other parts of dark side users' bodies turn different colors, and we don't want to see that. There are a lot of things going on with Darth Sidious's body, so maybe when Kylo Ren killed his father... Maybe his fingernails grew a little bit and cracked a little bit. Maybe uh, several of his teeth went rotten. Maybe some flesh puckered somewhere that we don't want to see flesh puckering. It's a PG-13 film. I am, of course, joking a little bit, but at the same time, I do like the idea that the dark side is a path to many abilities that are unnatural. And as many times as we can see different aspects of what this exploration of truly unnatural things is, the better for me. I like that it doesn't follow natural laws so that maybe the yellow eyes follows a rationale up to a point, 
but it's dark, and it is mysterious, and it is unnatural. I also think another thing that comes up here often on Star Wars counseling is that the true power of yellow eyes is the power of narrative. They are going to show up whenever it is most dramatically powerful. I think it would have been powerful, dramatically powerful, if Kylo Ren's eyes went yellow when he killed Han Solo. But I don't think that's the story that was being told. I think the story that was being told is somebody who is trying to learn the dark side and still not quite mastering it. But sometimes I think the yellow eyes are going to make sense. Sometimes they're not going to make sense because it's just about what works dramatically in the moment. And I suspect that sometimes yellow eyes are going to pop up because John Williams' score was really powerful right then. So we added the yellow eyes. I think that's a possibility. Narratively powered yellow eyes. So I don't know if I answered every single one of your questions, Otto, because you had quite a few, but I think uh, my big picture personal opinion, and hopefully it gives you some catharsis, is that the yellow eyes are not just, hey, I flipped a switch, I'm dark side now, but they're more about focused hate, and that it's different for each character depending on their relationship with the dark side, depending on their relationship with hate, and depending on how focused they are. Are they good at paying attention while also being full of hate? And I think... In a way, we'll all have an opportunity to test my theory about yellow eyes because soon, so very soon, it seems far away, but it will be soon, we'll be sitting in a theater, we'll be watching The Last Jedi, and we might be annoyed at the location of Kylo Ren's scar, but can we focus our anger so that our eyes become yellow in the theater as we look at Kylo Ren's moving scar. I hope not, because yellow eyes sound even worse than someone turning on their cell phone. So if for no other reason than being polite to your fellow theater goers, please let go of your hate. Let your eyes stay the same color and let the light in. Thank you for those great, great suggestions. Uh, those are really fun topics for me to think about and to talk about, and it is nice to wallow in the dark side on our path toward the light. As always, if you have grievances, please let us know. You guys have been sending in some great ones, and I got a nice stack of fun ones, but sometimes something fun and in the moment like Kylo Ren's moving scar pops up, and I want to know, so please do send in anything that bothers you. They can be logic flaws. They can be uh, something that is uh, trivial and funny to you. They can be something that truly keeps you up at night, whatever you would like. Send it in. Let me know why it bothers you. You can do all of that with the hashtag SW Counseling. We release an episode every other Friday, so there is much more counseling to come. Until then, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my anchor station, Headcanon, and my other podcast, Obsessed. All of that, as well as all of my live shows and other comedy adventures, are on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter as at Force Center Pod. You can also support our new Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. Wow, after talking about the dark side for this long, slash sounds powerful and hateful. Anyway... I don't mean to combine hate with our Patreon. Our Patreon is a thing of light. Go to patreon.com slash Thank you to 
everyone who has already contributed. It is really, really nice just to see this level of support and this level of community. We hugely appreciate it. We uh, broke past our first goal very, very quickly. We are on to our second goal, which is that we want to create new theme music for all of our shows here on the Force Center podcast feed. So please help us toward that goal. Until next time, keep those eyes yellow, keep those scars in motion, and as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, uh, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one, that's it for Star Wars Counseling. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.